0: Our first reading comes from Isaiah chapter 7. I'm going to be reading from verses 10 to the end of verse 17. And we read again, The Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah, he will bring the king of Assyria. If you then turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. I'll be reading verses 1 through the end of verse 7. Isaiah 9, 1-7 Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future he will honour Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them the bar across their shoulders."
1: If you've got your Bibles there, would you like to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And unlike the reading we had last time I was here, this passage is so familiar that perhaps you could uh, recite it from memory. And we can skim over it sometimes, can't we, because we know it, we know it so well. But let's look again at it this morning. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Two weeks ago when we looked at the genealogy of Jesus, I emphasise how the grace of God was freely lavished upon a multitude of totally undeserving individuals. And in Jesus' genealogy, we saw such things as adultery, murder, incest, prostitution, child sacrifice and idolatry. In fact, in Jesus' genealogy, the bad far outweighed the good. And what our ancestors were like is not what is important. It's what we are that counts. What impact has the message of Jesus had upon us that makes us different from our ancestors? And and today's reading again highlights the grace of God but this time it is the grace of God available and freely given to us. Now in Australia, Christmas is so often seen as a time for families to get together. It's also a time when many people wish for a better future. And for some reason, the idea that Christmas is a time for families and a time for peace, or a time of hope for peace, has caught on in popular imagination. And over time, our manner of celebrating Christmas has changed. Compare what it's like today with what it was like when we were children. For me, there were a couple of simple little toys and clothes beside the bed. And now when we think of what happens in our extended family, it's so vastly different. But in spite of changes to the way of celebrating Christmas, the idea that Christmas is a time for family, a time for peace and joy, it is not really far from the mark. So what is Christmas? Well, it's the account not just of the birth of Jesus Christ, but of what that birth is intended to accomplish in the lives of men and women. In the beginning, mankind lived in fellowship with God. But this fellowship was marred, it was broken, because of Adam's rebellion against the wise and loving rule of God. And we could be forgiven for expecting that God would turn his back upon mankind because of the way he was treated. But no, God, committed to having people living in relationship with himself, sent Jesus to be born as one of us. In some of Jesus' parables, we see the element of rejoicing in heaven when people turn to God. Heaven is sometimes pictured as all of God's children seated around a banqueting table in peace, in joy and happiness. And and Christmas tells us how this can become a reality when God created Adam and Eve, they were perfect. But when Adam disobeyed God, he developed a sinful human nature. And that sinful human nature was passed on to all of his descendants. And none of us could ever erase that nature. And so God's plan was to send his sinless son in the likeness of sinful man to take upon himself our sin, to pay the penalty we deserve so that we could be forgiven and we could be reconciled to God. And without the virgin birth, as an historical fact, God could not accept us. Our relationship with God our being able to be forgiven, our being able to be adopted by God into His family, is dependent upon the reality of the Virgin Birth. So, so let's look at at the passage. Firstly, the centrality of the Virgin Birth. Matthew presents the miracle of a virgin conceiving. Jesus descended from God by a miraculous and never-repeated act of the Holy Spirit. There's no elaboration of details, just a simple statement of the miracle of God becoming man through the virgin birth. And while every other child born in this world is a totally new creature, Jesus Christ existed before his human ancestors. And the Christian faith is built upon this truth. The gospel is that God became a man and in being fully God and fully man, he was able to reconcile us to God. And Matthew carefully indicates in the phrase before they came together, to indicate that there was no sexual contact between Mary and Joseph prior to Jesus' birth. If Jesus had been conceived by an act of man, he could have been neither divine nor our saviour. His claims about himself, his resurrection, his ascension would all be a hoax. We would never have been able to have hope. We could never be reconciled to God. You see, if Jesus was born in the normal way, he would have inherited a sinful nature like us. And that meant he would have had to have died for his own sin. So there had to be the virgin birth for Jesus to be sinless and take upon himself our sin. Well, once Jesus was asked... Or Jesus asked the Pharisees, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And to that question, Matthew is giving us the answer here in this first chapter. He is both the human son of man and the divine son of God. As we read in Isaiah 7, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God with us, God for us. But as we continue on in that passage, Joseph was confronted by this, the idea of the virgin birth. You can imagine when Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant, The sense of betrayal that must have gripped him. The the shock that gripped him, the depression that must have settled over him. How could she do this to me? And all he could do was imagine that she had been unfaithful. Now because Joseph was a righteous man, he faced a double dilemma. His own righteousness would not allow him to proceed with the marriage because Mary had, to his thinking, been unfaithful. But because of his righteousness, he didn't want to publicly embarrass her any more than she would be when it became public knowledge. Ashamed? Hurt? Confused, he was more concerned for Mary and determined that he would divorce her quietly so as not to draw attention to what was happening. And in his state of shock and grief and despair, Joseph had a visitor. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so so the the angel emphasised to Joseph that Mary's conception was supernatural. It had nothing to do with her being unfaithful. The angel told Joseph that Mary would give birth to a son to whom Joseph would act as the earthly foster father. Joseph was responsible for naming the child, but the angel told him of the child's name. You are to give him the name Jesus, a form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means Jehovah will save. Joseph was to, to name this child Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This was the whole purpose of Jesus' birth. It wasn't so we could, in our day, have a time off work, have parties and give gifts. The purpose of Jesus' birth was to come to save his people from their sins so that they could be reconciled to God, so we could live in fellowship with God. God's love for his wayward people was so great that he sent his own son by whose work we could in peace and joy be reconciled to a God who is angry at sin who had to deal with sin and so Jesus saves us by bearing God's anger suffering God's wrath that we deserve. But that's, of course, only for those who turn to Jesus in faith and repentance. The birth of Jesus, prophesied by Isaiah, signified that God would not forsake his people. And here is that wonderful promise The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Just stop and think, God with us. Not on our side when we have problems with other people, but God with us. God for us. God coming to our aid. Can you think of anything more wonderful than that almighty God, creator of the heavens and the earth, should be so interested in us? Almighty God, he who is seated in heaven, he who deserves our praise and our worship, he who deserves our honour and obedience, shows that he wants us to be his dear his children by faith in Christ so that he can be with us, so that we can live with him, not not just thinking about future in heaven, but be with us now so that we can live in fellowship with him now, so that we can know the peace and the joy that the angels sang about to the shepherds in the field. Now, I don't know what the new year is going to bring. The war in Ukraine, cost of living pressures, mortgage stress, personal tragedies, natural disasters and so on. I don't know what's going to happen And, and you don't know what's going to happen. But Christmas is the promise of God that God will not abandon his people. That in spite of what we go through, God is with us. Now the birth of Jesus took place when Israel was under the heel of a Roman occupation army. Many people were wondering, what's gone wrong with our nation? Why are these things happening? Has God given up on us? And maybe we can look at our society and, and see the direction it's taking and wonder, has God given up? Has God left us? Has God turned his back upon us? Where is God when all these things happen? Forget the outward circumstances. Forget the things that we have to go through as as people in this world. And remember, God never abandons his people. In our health and prosperity conscious society, we often expect God to fit him with our wants, our desires, our needs but this is not his promise. His promise is that he will never leave us or forsake us. Here is how one songwriter puts it. Trouble may break with the dawn, and evil may come and darkness will fall. Clouds will appear in the sky and tears in our eyes and pain in the soul. But God stands at his people's side gives them a place to hide, rescues and saves them, takes them to heaven, and in his own dear Son, he brings them home. Sin may take hold in our lives, and Satan draw near to fill us with fear. Conscience accuse and condemn for things we've done wrong and silence our song, but God sending his son to save, raising him from the grave, pardons our sin, renews us within, and gives us a cause to sing, to sing again. So join in this new song today. Rejoice in the Lord and come and adore this glorious God of all grace. Look into his face and worship him more, for God sets all his people free opens their eyes to see wonders of love in Jesus above. He's sitting enthroned on high for you and me. There is finally the purpose of the virgin birth. Joseph woke up from his dream and he did what the angel commanded him to do. Amazed, filled with a sense of relief, He took Mary home as his wife and she remained a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And Joseph accepted the responsibility to care for God's own son as he grew up. And here is the greatest love story of all time. God becoming a man to win over to himself people who would love him for all eternity. People who would be reconciled to him. And thus be able to live in constant fellowship with God. Christmas is God's offer for us to join His family. For God to adopt us as His dearly loved children. And as a result of becoming part of His family, there then becomes that there comes that peace and joy which with God, as Paul reminds us in Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Because of the grace of God in giving his Son, Because of the grace of Jesus in dying for us, the enmity that existed between us and God because of our sin has ended. It's been dealt with. And a permanent state of peace now exists between us and God. And thus there is now joy as we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. God has indeed, through the birth of Jesus, lavished his grace upon us in rich generosity. Christmas is the story of the grace of God freely offered to all who would receive it. Now on Christmas Day, there will be the giving and receiving of gifts. But many of those gifts will wear out or be consumed in a short period of time and we'll forget about them. (coughs) But the greatest gift is that of God's grace given to us who do not deserve it. And this is a gift that will result in changing our lives, in transforming us as we develop our relationship with God, as we experience more and more of his love and kindness, as we know that he is with us and will never forsake us or abandon us, no matter what we have to face, no matter what we go through, no matter what tragedies might come our way, he will be with us. You see, Christmas is not something that is just for one day of the year. The message of Christmas is to be life-changing. Changing our relationship to God. Changing our relationship within our families. Changing our relationships with each other in the community. So that more and more we become like Jesus, the greatest gift. So as we receive that gift that gift of Jesus grows and develops within us so that through the work of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit grows and we are more fully transformed into the image of Jesus himself. What more could we ask for from the God of grace? Grace. Let's pray. Mm. Father, the King has arrived all those years ago. He lived on earth. He fulfilled your purpose of dying for us, of reconciling us to yourself through faith in Him. The King has arrived when we were born again to a new and a living hope through the work of the Holy Spirit and the King lives within us. Thank you for that. And and the King will arrive again when he comes in all his power and glory and majesty at the day appointed by yourself for the end of time. And we shall see him face to face. And look upon yourself also, Father. And then our joy will be complete. Our transformation will be complete. The fulfilment of the Christmas gift will be total in our lives. You will never abandon us or forsake us. And we have that great hope, Father, And as we look forward to that final day, may we live constantly in appreciation of the grace of yourself lavished upon us. May we respond to your love with love for you, with love for our Lord Jesus Christ. May the spirit of holiness inspire us to desire to Be as holy as you are holy and as pure as Jesus is pure. May the Holy Spirit so work in us that the fruit of the Spirit grows and develops and we know more of that love, that joy, that peace in our lives, in our relationship to you, in our relationship within our families, in our relationships within our church, in our relationships within the community, so that people will be able to look at us and stand amazed and say, they've got something I want. Oh, Father, you stand at your people's side. You never leave them or forsake them.
0: Thank you. Amen.